welcome to the Inner Dominatrix podcast, the show that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. And as always, I have another exciting guest for you. So my guest today, Edna Keep, has an amazing rags to riches story. She started out in subsidy, you know, having subsidized daycare, single mom, and managed to rise herself up through real estate investing and built herself a very tidy fortune. And of course, now that she's amassed this wealth of knowledge and information, she is teaching others how to get into the real estate market and how to do it in a way that keeps you sane. And I know she's got a little passion for doing it with other people's money. So welcome, Edna. I am so delighted to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Dana. I'm excited to be here. So tell it, tell the listeners a little bit about your background. I kind of skimmed over it, but I mean, you don't just one day wake up and go, oh, I'm going to build a, a multi-million dollar fortune tomorrow. So, <laughs> you know, like what, what was the turning points for you? Well, you know, uh, I always liked having money. I started working when I was 14 years old. I come from a family that never really had a lot of money. We, we never did without, but we never had a lot of money. And I still remember, you know, getting minimum wage and I was washing dishes at a, at a restaurant and, and it was so cool to just have money. You know, I was one of my first friends, first of my friends to buy my own car. Uh, I could always, you know, take my friends out for lunch, buy the beer, that kind of stuff. And, and, I, and I just, I liked it. And so I always knew that I wanted to work and, and make money. Uh, what, I, what I didn't know was uh, how much money it would actually take to survive in the world because uh, from, from minimum, when I was making minimum wage, working maybe, you know, 15 hours a week, I thought I was rich already. <laughs> it was like, holy cow, I got, I got money. <laughs> and then, um, then of course, then I, then I uh, get out of high school and I start, uh, by this time I have my daughter and, and I start trying to find a job and everything's minimum wage. And uh, because I, I didn't have university, everything was in, in my uh, field that I could look at was minimum wage. And I, uh, I I was okay with that for a while, and then of course the bills started getting a little bit behind, and and I you know I always seemed to have this little credit card bill from wanting to buy clothes and the nice stuff, and and people would say to me, oh, Edna, you just got to learn to live within your means, and and I'm going, no, I don't want to learn to live within my means. I want to learn how to make money. So that that was kind of my my turning point is when I had so many people tell me that you know you're a single mom, you've got an <laughs> ideal job. I, I don't know why you would want more it's a you're working in doctor's office it's not like you're waitressing or anything or scrubbing floors you're working in a doctor's office it's eight to five get you the weekends off you can spend lots of time with your daughter and and I was bored bored to tears and <laughs> and I just knew there had to be more so I started studying taking correspondence courses I took a secretarial course that cost me $25 a month through correspondence at the time. <laughs> uh, I had to buy a, you know, a typewriter so I could start practicing and different stuff like that. And But you know what? It worked for me. I, I moved to a next job and I made a little bit more money. Then I, then I studied some more and I moved to a next job, make a little bit more money. Then I got, um, uh, I, I still remember working at this one place and and I was making $1,200 a month. And the girls in the back, I was a receptionist. They were accounting clerks. And they were making 1400 a month. And I remember thinking, holy cow, if I could make 200 more a month, 
I would have the cat by the tail. I just <laughs> felt that that would make all the difference for me. Yeah. And of course, when I did, it didn't make that much difference. And I started to think a little bit bigger. And, and I only had one rich relative and he was in the finance industry. I didn't really know what. But I thought, I'm going to start studying business. And, and then I moved up to an office administrator job. And, and I was finally making over, over minimum wage for probably the first time in my life. I was just about 30. Uh, and uh, I, I did that for eight years. I really en- enjoyed it. I love the people I work with. But again, I got bored. And I started looking for side jobs to, to make more money. Because I, I, it wasn't like I could give up a job and go do something else. I mm-hmm. had to keep working while I was studying because it was just myself and my daughter. Yeah. And uh, I started in the financial services field part time. And my boss let me set up a group plan at my work, which was a huge deal for me because all of a sudden I had like a hundred financial planning clients and they all contributed through the group plan. So I got to take that off their paycheck and send it in. And, and then from there, I started meeting with them and building my building my clientele and I eventually went into financial services full time. And that's when I really started making money. I, uh, I was making 43,000 a year at the, at the construction office. Yeah. Working, working full time, but my boss had now had let me only work four days a week. I still made the same money, but he let me move back to four days a week. Well, because he knew I was trying to build this on the side. And then at one point he knew I was going to quit. So he said, just make sure you give me lots of notice because you're going to be hard to replace. And so then eventually I went full time into financial services and I really liked that for a lot of years. And, but, but, you know, I never felt like I had anything special to offer to anyone else. You know how they always say, well, what's your unique ability or why should I work with you as opposed mm-hmm. to someone else? I never felt like I had. I was like, oh, I'm not that smart. You know, I was a C average student and uh, yeah, I understand this whole mutual fund thing, but uh, yeah, I'm just ordinary. There's nothing, yeah, nothing that great about me. And yeah, that's what I say to people, but people like me. So, so that part was good. But you know, when I, when I found real estate, that, that all changed. I, I could really see the difference for people. Uh, so I, after two years after I was introduced to real estate and really understood how it worked, I actually sold my financial planning practice and I was making, you know, always between 200 and 300,000 a year. So it wasn't like I was giving up something small or at least not for me. It was huge at the time thinking, you know, here I went from making 40,000 a year to making 200 and some thousand a year and, and and I'd walk away from it and people would, more people would tell me, you're crazy. Why would you do that? You've spent years building this up. And I'd just say, I'm bored. I'm bored. I don't like the ups and downs of the of the stock market. It's driving me crazy. It's yeah. driving my clients crazy. And 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 now that I really understand real estate, I couldn't even sell mutual funds anymore. It was just I, I maintained my client base the last couple of years, but I didn't really bring on any new clients. I just didn't feel good about it. So when I sold my practice, I took just a few clients with me, some of the ones that were always open to my ideas because I'm always coming up with ideas. <laughs> and, and you know what, from there, I, I really feel like everything I ever did is bringing me to this spot in my life now where I get to coach and train people and, and motivate them and inspire them. And, and, I, and I think part of it is because of 
coming from my background. Uh, and I still think I'm just an ordinary person and I'm easy to talk to and, and I'm not still not that smart. But you know what? I, I have drive. I have, have ambition. And real estate doesn't take a brain surgeon to understand, which I like. <laughs> a lot less complicated than mutual funds. And, and you can be creative at the same time, uh, which I like. So our claim to fame has been we have uh, a $47 million portfolio, 437 doors. And other than the first two, we've used all investor capital. And uh, only 25 investors. So we've been able to keep the same investors reinvesting with us again and again and again to help us grow to this point. Wow. That is incredible. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm just surprised myself because it just, it just doesn't even seem possible that a person can go from, from well, I, I never earned more than minimum wage before I was 30, really. Yeah. Uh, and then all the way up to, well, I, I can... I, can't, I don't even have to get out of bed to make minimum wage now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just automatic passive income coming in. And, yeah. And I love that. So that is, you know, it's such an inspiring story. And then what I love in this is that, you know, for so many people, they'll skim over the rags to riches, right? They'll just be like, oh, yeah, so I was on welfare. And, and then, you know, I started investing in real estate, and I made millions. And, and it's not really the, the path, like you've really outlined, it's like, it's this gradual stepping up. And in that, I'm sure there's been a lot of changes internally for you, as you have increased the amount of money you're getting, to, you know, that's been shifting who you are and how you show up. Absolutely. And, yeah. and that's something that I, I spend a lot of time teaching my students too. And, and, and where I, I started getting that from is, are you familiar with Jim Rome? The name is so familiar and right at the moment I'm gapping. Okay. So anyway, he, he's an author and a speaker. And I still remember a quote that he, that he said a long time ago. And it was, become a millionaire, not for the money, but for the person you'll become. Mm. And you know what? It's so true. Uh, my aspirations to become a millionaire started me just being a better person. I was just, uh, I used to be very negative. I used to be, you know, down on myself and down on everyone else. And which is probably why I struggle so long at minimum wage, because I just yeah. couldn't, couldn't even think past any of that. And then I started realizing that, you know what? No, I just needed to spend the time and work on myself and grow myself because that was the biggest thing holding me back. And, and once I, I started, and I still spend a lot of time uh, on personal development stuff and, and education, I, I just love it. As a matter of fact, people say to me, well, what do you use your money on if you don't uh, put it into real estate? And I just focus it all on personal development stuff. Like I love courses and training and coaches. I've worked with um, personal coaches since 1999. I've never been without one since. And I think nice. that's something too that's, that's been a really big big change and, and really helped me a lot. Yeah, it, it's huge. You know, it's, um, the coaching industry has really taken off. And I think as people get the value of working with somebody one-on-one -on -one and having that, um, you know, fast tracking their personal development, you know, we can go to workshops and, and I've done it. I've sat in classes and, you know, you can kind of hang back at the back of the class and it doesn't really push you. But if you're working one-on-one -on -one with people, they're eyeballing you. And it's like, there is just no squirming and getting away from that. So it forces right. you 
to step up in a whole other way. And I love how you say, you know, the business has been a personal development because I I had that. I, you know, I I joke around, I say, I do business as an extreme sport. That is my, (laughs) my sport. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. It's really been a growth factor. So I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit about real estate investing because honestly, um, I'm actually at the point where that's my next piece that I'm looking at. We're, you know, starting to look at places and, you know, so what, what advice do you give to people who are starting to look at that path and why would they even want to look at it? Well, you know, the, the first bit of advice I get give to people is don't try to go it alone. If, if you just ever want to just buy one or two houses, then, then you can go it alone. You probably don't need to spend money on a coach. Uh, it might take you two or three years to get there. But you know what? If you really want to scale a real estate business, you need to be working with someone who's done it. There, there's a lot of challenges, not just in real estate, but in every business that you ever take on. And, and real estate really is a business. And you you have to be in the right mindset to roll with those punches because you're always going to get them. Mm-hmm. If if not, you may as well you know uh, you know pour coffee at a at a coffee shop uh, if you don't want any challenges. But <laughs> but there's definitely challenges. So to have to have a coach and somebody who's done it because I believe that whatever a person wants to do, a coach who's done it. And then that's my personal philosophy. Not everyone feels that way. Some people uh, think that, you know, coach helps you with accountability and and uh, dreaming bigger and different stuff like that. But for myself personally, I've always worked with people who've already done what I want to do. Mm. And, and I think that that's really short-circuited a lot of my learning curves because, um, it, it, I mean, if I went and took uh, coaching with a person who was building a let's say a network marketing company, for example, the training is so different. Like like a lot of the mindset maybe is the same, but the training itself is so different Mm -hmm. Uh, and the challenges are different. So I like to take my training from people who've done what I want to do. So if you can, if you can do that, first of all, be around like-minded people because otherwise, um, uh, your family, your loved ones are always trying to protect you. Why would you want to do that? You know, that's so risky. And, and isn't that a lot harder than you need to be working? And, why, you know, why would you give up a nine to five job Monday to Friday when now you're working, you know, 60 hours a week? That doesn't even make any sense. You know, like, and, and people, they're, they're not trying to hurt you. They're just thinking, like, how can I protect this loved one or whatever? So being around like-minded people doing what you want to do is is just it, it'll shorten your learning curve uh, exponentially. So true, uh, you mm-hmm. know, and it's you know there's a lot of overlap in you know business skills. Sorry, I'm having a bit of a coughing fit there. Um, mm-hmm. And and it, like it's so fascinating when I read business books of different genres. You know, like whether you're multi level marketing or um, I even just finished one on how to become a high end prostitute. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, just kind of stumbled across it, but it, you know, I'm like, oh, and it was fascinating to to see the basic concepts of business are still the same, yeah. But then the little tweaks and the nuances, right? And that's that where you're saying is like somebody who has not been in the profession can't coach you on the nuances of it. They can't talk about, you know, what is it about those specific things. Yes. Right. Yes. And that's the value of having a specific coach. 
even right down to making money. Like I know people who come right out of coach school and they're not making any money yet. And I, I could not hire that person as a coach because the other thing that's always in my mind is I want to make more money. I want to make more money. So studying or studying or getting trained by somebody who, who's not, yeah, it's counterintuitive. It just doesn't work, doesn't work for me. Okay, I, I'm I talking kind of away. Thought, I kind of oh, is that what happened? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm talking away. I thought I had myself unmuted. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm really, uh, yeah, my voice is dying. So, so my apologies to all the listeners. I am, uh, I'm struggling with my voice here. I decided to take a swallow of something to to moisten my throat and inhaled at the same time. Oh, so yes. we're gonna, yeah, <laughs> you know, but this is life, right? We have mm-hmm. we have challenges that come up and. And same thing in business, like it's, I don't know, I've found over the years, it's not so much the challenge itself, but how you show up in that challenge that determines yes. whether you're standing in your power or not, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. and so what, what has been one of your most interesting challenges that you've had with the real estate and how did you overcome that? You know, um, this the, this may may not seem uh, like it's possible, but you know what? Ten years into the business, we're probably having our most challenging time in real estate, uh, and and it's entirely based on the market that we're uh, what that we're invested in. So hmm. we primarily invest in Saskatchewan. And right now we're having, uh, and, and actually we're almost coming out of it. We, we had really high vacancy. What happened is we ended up with an overbuild situation in our two major cities because mm-hmm. so many people from across the country could see that our, our province needed to grow. Mm-hmm. And they came in and, and it was an overbuild situation. So then some of, we just experienced a higher vacancy rate than, than ever. And we, um, so the cash flow, a lot of the cash, flow that we were that we had that was like oh my gosh this is just amazing uh you know 10 15 20 thousand dollars a month and then all of a sudden we're down to like five and six thousand dollars a month and it's like holy cow you don't realize how you get so used to making that kind of money and then having it having it go backwards now I'm one thing I have learned is I can always go out and make more money that that's not an issue for me anymore so I just Set it up. Set up my coaching program about three years ago, and and that's totally made up the difference. Mm-hmm. But but probably one of the most challenging times. And if I was to just sit back and say, "Hey, I built up this real estate empire, and I'm just going to live forever, and everything is going to be just honky dory. Uh, I don't need to go out and do anything else. I don't have to work. I could retire. You know what?" wrong. Uh, if, if we would have retired, well, you know what, if we would have retired back five years ago uh, and then just sold everything, we probably would be just living fine. But we decided instead to build bigger and bigger and mm. bigger. And sometimes those challenges, those, I call them um, growing pains, <laughs> yes. you know, they come at, at odd times. Like we had an easier time five years ago than we're seeing ourselves go through right now. Wow. You know, so, and, and when I, when I look at the reason, it's because we bought so many properties so fast, you know, like, like we bought, um, when we very first started, 
we well, first of all, we had no intention of going full time. We thought because we both had careers that we liked. Uh, both my husband and I were busy and both ran our own businesses. Really liked it. Had a good family life. Our girls are fifteen and thirteen now. They were three and five when we started this, um, and uh, it just 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 wasn't an issue. But we decided we were going to take it take it further and grow bigger. And with that, there's there's more challenges. And you just have to keep rolling with those punches and doing whatever you need to do to keep growing. And we've managed to do it. We, we see light at the end of the tunnel. We've got our vacancy rates down to almost nothing again. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was still a learning curve to go through that. So, it, but it's a learning curve I think every investor has to go through because <laughs> it teaches you to tighten up tighten up those expenses mm-hmm. and not live uh, like there's no tomorrow. You know, sometimes it's nice to put put money to the side and save it, uh, you know, and then uh, even my account used to say to me, do you have to buy something so fast? Every time you get $100,000 in your bank account, you go buy a new building. Why don't you just leave it there for a while? <gasps> oh, no, I can't. I have to make that money grow. I have to make that money grow. <laughs> so, yeah, so there, you know what? There's always challenges, and, and that's one of the things um, I talk my students through, too. You know, I say mindset's probably the biggest thing, and you just have to decide, you know, if you want to grow big, those challenges just get bigger. They don't go away. Just because you have money, those challenges don't go away. No. You, you get bigger and uh, more expensive challenges, actually. And, and sometimes when you grow really quickly like that, there's a, it's easier for it to topple over. You know, I've seen a lot of investors uh, have that happen. Uh, I've I've talked to a few different uh, people in in our in our country, like in in Saskatchewan and Alberta, especially is probably the biggest one. You know, it, they're a little bit more of a volatile province, and I've seen people do it, and and they've uh, I was going to say lost everything, but they didn't lose everything. They they lost a lot. They regrouped and they're building it all over again. But you know, some, sometimes it's, like I said, it's just a learning curve. And what happened is they were buying, they were condo converting, and then they got stuck with a bunch of buildings they couldn't condo convert in time. And, and that ended up really hurting them. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one of the other premises I always teach my students is don't just rely on one source of income, like be building two or three at any given time because you know with with our real estate uh, cash flow being down well I always had financial services on the side I was still making money from getting people involved in different investments not just real estate investments and we had a home building business that would take up some slack then then when that one wasn't working very well because it kind of dropped at the same time the real estate one well Mm -hmm. then then my then I started making money more money doing coaching so and I sell online products and stuff. So it, it's just, you have to decide if you want to be in one sector and one sector only, you have to put money to the side or yeah. you have to be a type of person who can go out and earn more, whatever that needs to be. Yeah. You know, it's really smart business advice. And, you know, hopefully people will, will start to heed that because I think cash flow management, well, and it's always said cash flow is king, right? If you can manage your cash flow, your, your business will, will thrive. And, you know, having been through a bankruptcy myself, I can attest to that cash flow is king, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and not getting in over your head, but those things do happen. And hopefully 
people don't slide into making themselves wrong about it. So yes, it has been a real delight to have you on this episode. I know that like, there'd be so much more that I want to, you know, dig in and pick your brain on the, on the real estate investing, mm-hmm. um, especially because you're, you know, you're involved in more like bigger properties. That's fascinating. I've been looking at like, just, you know, something small, like a little duplex so you get going. Get started. Yeah. But like, there's so many different things and it's such an interesting um, like you say, may, maybe an additional revenue stream or a way for people to, you know, an alternate way to save for retirement. There's so many things about it that even for people to just kind of crack their mind open and say, here's another possibility. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. you have, you have some coaching programs, you have some online programs. Do you want to give a little shout out for how people can find you and connect with that? Sure. You know, I have some free training. Uh, If people are interested in even just exploring the concept of using other people's money to buy real estate, so many people think they can't get into real estate because they can't afford to. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know what, if you if you learn how to do it right, you never need to use any of your own money. And I have students that can attest to that. Like I was telling you, I've got uh, a couple 20 year olds working with me right now who started with me less than a year ago, they're on door number 48. They've just taken possession of door door number 48 here right away. Uh, So that was four 12-unit apartment buildings that they bought. They're still live at home. They don't even have their own mortgage and they're doing this. So (laughs) believe me, you can do it without any of your own money. But if you just go to uh, training.ednakeep.com, Uh, you'll you'll get a three video series with some training. And then of course, if you want to know more, I think there's some different opt-ins that you can you can go into. Uh, I have a I have a 90 day to 5k program. That is a 12 week online program, uh, webinar based uh, with homework. And uh, if if a person really decides that it's something they want to look at that, that would be the next step. And the 90 day to 5k is no, you're not going to be making five 5,000 a month in 90 days. But you will know exactly what it's going to take to make 5,000 a month in passive income in three to five years. And we did it in 18 months. So when I tell people that they can do it in three to five years, uh, I'm not exaggerating because like mm. I said, we're, we're not that smart. Neither my husband or I were ever really great in school. Uh, we got some ambition. We got some drive, but we, we bought 18 doors in, or sorry, 50 doors in 18 months. And that was our five-year goal. Um, so if we can do it and, and now that we've been there, I can teach people how to do that too. Uh, Edna, it has been a delight. You are a real shining example of living with your inner dominatrix. I love it. You really stand in your power and leaving the way for other people to, you know, really grow their wealth. So thank you so much for sharing your passion. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on, Dana. Thanks for tuning in to The Inner Dominatrix, the show that lets you step into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to tell your friends about it. And if you're ready to own your inner dominatrix, then hop over to my website, innerdominatrix.com, and let's have a conversation to get you rocking your bold, sexy, fun-filled life.